I'm Katya. And I'm Rin. And we're here at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts. And on the internet everywhere, thanks to the power of the podcast. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, this time we're going to talk about being calm and quiet and resty and recovery and yes. all of those sorts of things. Yes. Today is uh, the new moon. It's the new moon in January. And um, we committed ourselves to a new project this year of um, using the phases of the moon or like aligning a, a scheduled break with the phases of the moon. So that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, but before we do that. Yeah, before we do that, let's give you the reclaimer. <laughs> so this is where we remind you, like every week, that we are not doctors. We are herbalists and holistic health educators. The ideas discussed in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. No state or federal authority licenses herbalists in the United States. So these discussions are for educational purposes only. Everybody's body is different, so the things that we're talking about may or may not apply directly to you, but we hope that they'll give you some good information to think about and to research more. And we want to remind you that good health is your own personal responsibility. The final decision when considering any course of therapy, whether it's discussed on the internet or prescribed by a physician, is actually yours. Wow, the herbs are enthusiastic about that. They agree with it, yeah. (laughs) Excellent. So, um, you want to get us started? Yeah, well, we've just been thinking about how hard it is to really take a break these days. Like, in these days, like, in our current culture, because there is media literally everywhere. Um, so you kind of, it, it's really hard to escape it. And the pressure to use our time productively is also really pervasive in our culture. Um, but the thing is that, just because that's what our culture is geared towards right now doesn't mean that humans can actually keep up this kind of pace. We can't. Like, <laughs> just because we want to doesn't mean that we can. And trying to do it has all kinds of health effects that are not awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, what was it? Last year, the who the world health organization decided that burnout is real yes <laughs> it's, it's an official thing and uh okay now let's get a medical billing code for it and yeah <laughs> you know all of that but um you know it's it's an acknowledgement of a phenomenon that many people have experienced and observed and you know uh so whatever that counts for is you know something. actually i'm really grateful for that because yeah. Yeah, i yeah. think that a lot of people experience burnout and um like medically and culturally that's like well so what everybody's burnt out like that's no big deal and i am really excited to see that um it is that that we are making the choice to recognize that it in fact is a big deal and you don't need any more real diagnosis than that it already is a real um, a real thing that really needs attention. Yeah. 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 Cool. And you know, we like to think about, uh, preventive medicine. So, uh, preventive medicine for burnout is rest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, in our own lives too, um, you know, we, we do a lot and we, um, we are excited about the things that we're doing. We're excited about like all of our projects 
But being excited about it doesn't mean that you don't need a break from it sometimes. And it's hard to take a break. It's it's hard for us to take a break. So this year, one thing that we're trying to do, no, we are not trying to do it. We are committed. We're doing it. We are we're committed it. to doing it. Yes. Um, is to build a tradition around the new moon every month. And the idea came out of the way that we celebrate solstice. Um, which is. Which, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so on the solstice day, particularly thinking here, the winter solstice The day, winter solstice, yeah. Um, the summer we, solstice is different. That's more for being outside and running around and yeah. having a big fire and all that kind of thing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so with winter solstice, we like to um, use absolute minimal electricity possible. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some nice music, you know, and maybe a little heat in the house and so on. <laughs> but but uh, we're trying to just not turn on any machines, right? Computers and phones, uh, TV and whatever else. Just like put them over there, leave them alone for for a day, you for know? one day, and uh, have lots of candles and have lots of reading and mm-hmm. cuddling and quiet time and yeah. um, just to to spend a day that way. Yeah. And it's always really delightful and really restorative. Sometimes it takes a moment or two to get into it and like, oh, kind of, where's my Twitter feed? You know, but, um, <laughs> but you get past that pretty quick and you settle in and you're like, oh, this is wonderful, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been our solstice habit for over a decade now. And, yeah. And, you know, you introduced me to a lot of those ideas <laughs> on uh, our first solstice together. So, um, yeah. And, and this year... Just a few weeks ago, I suppose. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe <laughs> that was ago. in fact about something ago. ago that could be measured in weeks. Yeah, yeah. We were having solstice day and feeling pretty delightful, and thinking, hey, maybe we should do this a little more frequently. Yeah, like, oh man, I wish we could have solstice every month, and then we were like, wait, we can. Yeah, like we could in fact do that. Yeah, and you know, we we both have these. Um, you know, like you write a few lines every day and and the book contains five years worth of of entries. And you were looking back at literally a year before and saying, oh, I had the exact same idea. I had the same idea last year and and we didn't do it. It just went nowhere. And then this year, yeah, during solstice, we talked about it and then went to bed and I was writing in the journal and I looked at last year and I was like, this is not a new idea. This was last year's idea. And then we were like, okay, this year we are committing to it. Happen, we yeah. are going to make it happen this year. Yeah. Yeah. So that involved like writing it on the calendars and... That was the first step, <laughs> That's right? Is yeah. to say that um, if we are going to take a day to just turn everything off and turn ourselves off, we have to plan that. Like we have to, we have to make sure... Sh- it's not going to happen unless you plan it. So yeah, we wrote every new moon on the calendar. And that that was the first concrete step. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about our plans here for unplugging for one, <laughs> one day every month uh, to inspire you a little bit and see if maybe you could fit something similar into your own life. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, it might be more ideal to totally unplug once a week, you know, treat Sunday like... <laughs> yeah. Like it used to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, or like... It used to be for some people and sometimes in some places, you get what I'm saying. Um, and, or, you know, like in the Jewish tradition, there's mm. a, there's a um, practice of having one day a week where no work is done. No, you know, like yeah. lots of lot. If you look through history, if you look across cultures, right. the one day a week to turn everything off is actually very, very common. Yeah. 
And people have always worked hard. We're not like the first people in history to work hard, maybe at the pace that we're at right now, but, but whatever. But, um, but to just to acknowledge that like humans have always recognized that this is necessary. Yeah. So, but, so yeah. it might be nice if we could do that every day. Or it might be nice if we could ditch all of our machines and never look at them again. <laughs> but this is the world we live in, and that's not particularly realistic. Um, you know, some of this anybody, stuff is good. Like, if, if we ditched all the machines, then you wouldn't have this podcast. Well, so. there is that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, some media can be good and uplifting. and Right. So it's just about finding a balance here. You know, what's the balance between media saturation and uh, media abstention that's <laughs> yeah. actually sustainable like something in the middle yeah yeah right right well so for us um it that it feels like once a month is totally achievable um and so for us that's gonna look like no media no electronics i mean maybe some soft music media some, like, i mean i guess books count like <laughs> technically books are, like technically media but you no know. electronic media right right um except for like some quiet music um no work except like doing the dishes from dinner maybe you know that that seems fine yeah um but like this is not a time to catch up on the laundry like that can happen on some other day this one day is not for chores it's not for oh good finally i can run to the grocery store like that's not hmm that's not on the list. Really just trying to um, not be productive on that day, which also like needs a little bit of definition um, because I suppose knitting is productivity. Like you are yeah. creating a thing, yeah. um, but like, but like not work productive. We're trying to give your internal middle manager the day off, <laughs> right? Yeah. Trying to tell that voice that says, what if you were working on this project? Oh, you didn't finish that yet. Oh, you have that email reply you're supposed to be writing. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to say, all right, yeah, that's all true, but it can also mm. wait. Yes. You know, it can wait a whole day and that's fine. Yes. Yeah. One day we'll be okay. Uh, so the things that we're going to focus on are um, either being in nature, like going out for a walk Yes. Or doing tangible artistic things. So knitting falls in that category or maybe drawing or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, listening to some quiet music or better making some music. Um, so I definitely intend to practice my harp a lot. You've been doing it. I've been doing it. It's lovely. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's, <laughs> plink, plink, it's, plink. it's a great <laughs> instrument, y'all, because uh, it's like impossible to make a harp sound bad. Uh, so if anybody is out there wondering, like, hmm, what could I learn that wouldn't annoy all the people around me? Yeah, harp, it turns out. I mean, I'd be delighted if you took a violin as well, but... It would. It might be screechy for a minute. I mean, that seems to be the way that goes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, you know, making some lovely meals and yeah. having a pleasant time together in the kitchen while we, you know, do that. and Not being too busy for all the vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking, like, maybe this would be a nice day to go and press out all of these tinctures that have been patiently waiting, but, you know, only if in the sense of it being kind of pleasant and enjoyable and like, oh yeah, I actually enjoy doing this. Not in the sense of, ah, I have free clinic tonight and I didn't press out that tincture that I know someone's going to need and I got to do that between this email I write and that text message I have to answer and, right. you know, but in a completely different way of, 
think I'm going to take a little while and play with some of these wonderful plant medicines that we've got over here. Yeah, this is great. Oh, doesn't that smell good? You know, and you can hear like so much of this is about getting into the present moment, getting into your senses um, and doing or doing things or being places that that enhance that. Yeah. Right. You take a nice long hike, uh, nice walk in the forest and there you are. You're just present with the trees. You're just there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're looking for. Oh, this week. So we've been filming um, more videos for the immune health course. And this week I found this great study um, that walking in a pine forest um, increases your CD57 count or your natural killer cells. Um and that's part of your immune function. And um, I mean, like, we already know that walking in a forest and especially in a coniferous forest, you, there's like an exchange of lots of phytochemicals going on. And right. um, so it was, we, a, it was a comparison study, right? It was like you can walk in a city, you can walk in the forest. Right. You right. do this and you get these benefits. And so that says it's not just the walking that counts. Right. Right. Um, it also means like. You won't get that full benefit if you're on your treadmill, right? Yeah. Go outside, find some pine trees, follow them around, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> follow them around. They don't they don't move very fast. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. You can follow that too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that could be good. Um but yeah, I was I was happy to find that, partially because I love posting um, interesting studies in our online program for our students, but also because um one of the big factors in burnout, one of the big factors in never taking a break is that your immune system never gets to catch up. And it really makes you susceptible to basically everything that comes your way. Mm-hmm. So if you are that kind of person who like, you just catch everything, then maybe what that is telling you is like, oh, maybe you need a day off sometimes. Right. Which is a very different way of thinking, uh, opposed to like, what do I need to add? Like, what, yeah. where's the, the herb that I can take that's going to fix this for me? Right. Right. What can I put into my life rather than yeah. what can I like set aside at least for a little while, you yeah. know, not forever. You're not going to abandon your responsibilities, obviously, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, for a little while. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, this, the attachment to the, to the moon is cause it gives you something cyclic, right? It's yeah. going to come every month and it's also a real thing. Right. So it's not exactly quite the same as saying, all right, every month on the fifth, we're going to do this. Or like once a month. Right. At a non-specified time. Like, well, exactly when once a month, Uh, once a month, we're going to do this. That's not, you won't be successful that way. Yeah. That one, that one's not trustworthy. No. (laughs) But, um, but you know, the new moon is a real thing. You can, you can observe it. You can go outside (laughs) in the nighttime and look up and say, oh, look at that black spot. <laughs> I see you there. Right? Yeah, it's a it's a, a reminder, right? Um, but yeah, if you say I'm going to do this once a month, it might not happen. There's not a structure to it, mm-hmm. so this gives you a construct. It gives you that kind of a structure. You know, um, the new moon is also if you're into this kind of thing, it is traditionally a time for introspection. Uh, we used to not carry calendars around in our pockets, you know, or in our bags or whatever. And so the moon really was a calendar and uh, helped us to orient and organize our lives. And uh, so the dark of the moon time was also that time of like, okay, that's my introspection time. That's mm-hmm. my sort of me time. Mm-hmm. And 
so that is that feels like a really lovely uh, thing to align with to build this this practice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. And then you know, the other thing here that is actually quite helpful uh, for those <laughs> of us living in the modern world is that the new moon uh, isn't only a single day. Yeah. It actually takes place over three days, right? And I mean, the middle one is kind of the peak moment, but yeah, still, yeah. it's still like the new moon, there's a time. And, you know, when you're looking up at it, you're like, yeah, there's a new moon up there. Okay. Yeah. So that means that you've got a little bit of flexibility here, right? You've got the day before, you've got the day of, and the day after, and they all count. Yes. Yes. And that's handy because let's say that maybe the new moon falls on this day that you absolutely cannot take off. You have a big presentation. There's a conference you're going to be at. There's, I don't know what, yeah. something's going down. You're going to be there for that. Okay. But probably the next day or some other day around there in that time frame, it could still work for you. Yeah. So that's been something that we've been kind of banking on. <laughs> Actually, we are taking um, advantage of that today because today is the astronomical new moon, but we really wanted the pod to go out today. So um, we decided that, uh, and also tomorrow it's going to rain really hard, which uh, I feel a lot of gratitude for. I would prefer if it were snow, but I, I'll be happy for the rain too. And um, I feel like that is also helpful in like, okay, I'm just going to chill out. It's raining. I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to just intentionally be not productive on this day when I don't want to be productive. Anyway, so tomorrow still counts as one of the days of the full moon. Uh, so we're going to have our actual observance tomorrow. Yeah. So there's some structure, but there's also some flexibility. Mm -hmm. Really nice. Yeah. All right. So... You know, again, like, why bother? Well, because you reduce stress. Oh, that sounds nice. Yes, we would all like to have less stress. <laughs> Wouldn't that be lovely? That sounds so optional. What a luxury that is. Like, oh, it would be nice to have less stress. Mm -hmm. You know, like, but then what's the next thing that comes to your mind? Well, I don't have time for that. Like, there's too much going on in my life right now. The kids have to be wherever they are. The the work has to whatever, and I have to get the groceries, and I have to, like, and, oh, the laundry, and, um, you guys, there's, there's a pile of laundry in our bedroom right now. I just yeah. thought I would, just thought I would admit that right here, you know, like, um, I, it, that's true for everybody, like, it's really true for everybody, and so, at some point, you have to make the choice to say there will never be a convenient time and therefore, it, there will never be a convenient time and I can't live this way. I can't live stressed out all the time. So I'm going to allow one day a month to not care that there's laundry on the floor and to just not mm -hmm. anything that day. Yeah. 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 It can be difficult, but it, it's also quite important. And, um, you know, when we think specifically about what, what are the physiological impacts of taking a break like this, well you're allowing your body that chance to come down out of that fight or flight, that mm -hmm. activated, that alertness, right? These are all, it's important to understand, these are like on a spectrum, you know? So we sometimes talk about being either in rest and digest mode or in fight and flight mode, as if there was no in between, right? It's, yeah. like, a, it's like one switch you go between, but really these are like a spectrum. And on the far side of rest and digest, you have sleep, <laughs> right? 
And then you have, like, I don't know, I guess dozing and daydreaming would be somewhere over there. You and, know? and then, like, you know, resting or, like, um, re- relaxing activities. Like, okay, maybe playing an inst- a musical instrument or something. Eating a meal the way the French do. Yeah. You know, it takes several hours. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Um, you know, so all these kind of things. And and then there's, at some point, there's Petting kind of a... your cat. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you can be a little more active, and then there's a kind of a middle point somewhere in there. And then you go to, like, okay, I'm alert. I'm paying attention. I'm, I'm looking around. And then I'm aware. I'm like, hmm, okay, maybe I don't know this neighborhood too well. I'm extra, like, just keeping my eyes and ears open. All right, all right. And there's a long way before you get to the fight-or-flight response. I am actually currently actively being chased by a tiger. Yeah. (laughs) But the thing I think is that when you think about that spectrum and think about where you fall on it, most people in this place and in this time are falling in this low-level part of the the fight-or-flight side of that spectrum. And so it's just this constant low-level perception of threat... Or a constant low-level stimulation of the entire hormonal side of the stress response. Like, it, it isn't just when we just say, like, well, I'm stressed. It's not abstract. Like, it is an actual endocrine state. And, and, to, and I think that right now most people exist in, in that endocrine straight, state of kind of stressed kind of agitated yeah which um by some measures is actually more problematic for us than occasionally dipping into full-on fight-or-flight mode right Right. if you're going along and a bear ah you run you climb the tree you do whatever you do (sighs) okay the bear goes away climb down out of your tree (sighs) okay take a breath all right boy that was scary i'm all right now yeah our bodies are prepared for that to happen every now and again Mm -hmm. they're not so particularly well prepared by our evolutionary uh, unfolding to deal with that sort of like you say low level ongoing stress for extended periods of time Mm -hmm. uh up to and including most of your life (laughs) right yeah yeah that's that's a, a different phenomenon and the body doesn't really respond to that very well you know while we're sort of in that kind of endocrine mindset um, so one of the hormones that we respond to when we're under stress, even if it's like pervasive low level stress is cortisol and cortisol is an important hormone. You need it. It does important work. And so, you know, I don't know, maybe five or 10 years ago, um, they came up with this, um, hypercortisolemia diagnosis and, I really felt upset about that because diagnosing a state of too much cortisol is actually kind of a misnomer. It's more like I am, a, I am in a state of too much stimulation to create cortisol, right? Having it's- the cortisol is, the, is a response. Yeah. And so I don't I don't want to see people think I have too much cortisol, I need to suppress some cortisol. Right. I want people to think I am creating too much cortisol, I need to stop creating so much. And I know that's really subtle, um but to stop creating so much, you rest. You take a break. Um and I would like the focus 
to stay in that place of what is causing me to create so much cortisol instead of let's turn off the creation of your cortisol. Yeah, right. The the framing of it as like, oh, there's too much cortisol here and that's, that's the problem um, frames it as, well, the solution is to just take it away mm-hmm. or to say um, something went wrong and that's why you were making too much rather than something completely normal and to be expected happened and that's why you were making too much. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. Like any human in the situation that you're in will respond this way, you're not broken. Right. Uh, but the situation you're in is not... A- not uh, conducive to human health. Yeah. Yeah. So to wind it back to like New Moon Day, you know, this is a way to, um, to I, I don't want to say to balance out because that would sort of imply there were some scales and we're like, yeah, yeah, one day rest a month and that's <laughs> going to take care of all of your stress. You're totally great. But, <laughs> but uh, it will help and it could help quite a lot. Um, and it may also be that if this becomes a habit for a while, then it creeps over into some other areas of your life and you might start to find it a little easier here and there on a pleasant evening, uh, regardless of what the moon is up to, to say, yeah, I'm going to have a quiet evening and I'm just going to put that stuff aside for now. It's a practice. It's a practice. And right now we are all practicing constant alertness. Right. We are training ourselves to be constantly productive to be constantly on call all of the time. And we have to practice not being productive 100% of the time. It is not easy because we have been practicing this other thing for so long. But as we build this practice, as we, as we regularly do this, we get better at it. And we start to say, oh, this is actually pretty nice. Instead of like, well, this is the only way I know how to exist in the world is whenever anybody asks how I am, I say busy. And like, you're not bad if you do that. We we do that too. Everybody, that's what our culture does right now. Um, But we've forgotten, like, how do you sit still and not look at your phone? Like, it's not easy to do. And part of that is also hormonal and and neurotransmitter Oh, you get those, you, know, you like, get that dopamine you fix get that, yeah. every single time you pick that thing up. So yeah, it's really hard to stop. <laughs> and they do that. On, I mean, they do it on purpose. They program it in that way because they want you to be engaged with it. Yeah. And they like, you know, corporate, whatever. The they. The producers of the things. Um, but, but the, yeah, this is a practice. It gets easier every time you do it. And then, yes, it starts to creep in and it starts to become easier to say, I can shift into that place for the next hour tonight because I know what it feels like to get there and I know what the thing is that I'm trying to achieve. So like in the beginning, it might take a whole day to figure out like, how do I sit calmly? Like, how do I walk calmly? How do I Mm. not produce calmly? But eventually you start to to really become familiar with that state and with that feeling. And so you can call on it. You can bring it in on a day that you are like, well, I've got half an hour and I really want to unplug for half an hour in this day. You've practiced, you know how to do it now and you can just call it in for that amount of time. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, New Moon Day can also help provide a little bit of perspective on some things. Mm. Um, 
because sometimes you just need to take a step back. You need to get away a little bit, even if you're not actually going, going anywhere, <laughs> you know, just like turning some things off, stepping away from that influence for a moment that can help you to see things in your life a little bit differently. Um, so we're all pretty familiar with computers <laughs> and machines and you know that occasionally uh, something weird happens and gets a little stuck and troublesome and isn't working the way you'd like. And what should you do then? You should restart. Yep. Right? Yep. Reboot, turn it off, turn it on again, see if that does it. <laughs> and like how many times does that actually just fix everything? Yeah. Kind of frequently. That was, Remember that time... It wasn't even that long ago. Something was going wrong in your phone, and you were like, I can't get this. I don't know what... It was so weird. It wouldn't pick up cell signals, and that it's, it was... And, like, you you made an appointment. I was messing around with it. I was calling for help, and then uh, I was chatting to some help person online, and they were like, well, did you try turning it off and on again? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> How did I... <laughs> Right, because like the newer machines, you don't have to do it every single day. <laughs> right, remember when you had yeah. to? Like it would break down if you yeah. didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are still that. Yeah. You know, like we are absolutely that. Uh, we the humans. You know? We the humans. Yeah. Yes, yes. We are not the new iPhones where if you turn it off once a month, it's sufficient. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, you know, if you're working along, you can't solve a problem. Like walk away, turn around, take a walk take 10 or 15 minutes, play with the dog, you know, like, yeah. uh, that helps a lot to give you a break, let some of that processing happening in the back of the mind where, uh, where your consciousness can't get in the way <laughs> for a little while. Um, and then you come back and you look at it and things are fresh, right? So that's true all the time. That's true in everyday life too. You know, when I was a software engineer a million years ago, uh, it was, we had like ping pong tables and we had like every so often there would be like a hacky sack circle in the, like taped down on the floor. And, um, we had a foosball table and like all these different things. And on one hand that made for a very like fun, exciting work environment. And it was like enticing for, for, for the company to like gain talent and whatever, but um, the actual reason for it is because when we couldn't solve a problem and we were like, well, we don't know. I don't know. I can't figure out how to make the computer do what I want it to do. Um, then we would go and play ping pong or play hacky sack or whatever. And you do that for like 15 minutes. And by the end of the ping pong game, you know, in the beginning, you're just playing ping pong because whatever. And towards the end, you're starting to talk about the problem. And then you're like, wait, I got it, you know? And and I worked this way. Like, this was a this was a, a really important part of my work life. And yet, it is hard for me to carry that into my personal life. Mm -hmm. But how many times in a day do you have a personal problem, whether it is... I can't work out the logistics of all of the moving parts of my day. The kids have to get here, the, the this, the that, all the different things have to have to, I'm supposed to be in two places at once. I can't work this out. And also I can't say no to either one of them. And also I can't, I can't, I can't, like none of these things will work. I actually know the answer to that problem. It is walk away, do something totally different for a few minutes, preferably something physical, mm -hmm. and then come back and you're like, oh, actually, okay, yeah, I see how I could make this work. And even though 
like that was a formative part of my uh, becoming a gainfully employed adult, like a person doing the adult thing in the workplace. Um, it, it was hard and I, it had to be very intentional to translate that into my personal life. But I feel like that's what this practice is too. And so whether it is you're doing some work and you get up and you take a walk, um, fine. Or whether it is like, I need to do that on the larger scale for my whole life for a minute. Um, It's just, it makes problems easier to solve regardless of what that problem is. Yeah. All right. Well, one thing that can help um, if this seems appealing, but maybe you're a little uncertain or you're like, I don't know if I'm going to stick to it. (laughs) Or maybe the idea of not checking your phone for a whole day is creating some anxiety. If that is true, there is no shame in that. Hmm. Remember, the phones are programming us. Yeah. And so if that is a thing for you, it's because you've been programmed that way. It's not because you're a bad person or because like whatever. It's because the phone has programmed you that way. Um, so it's okay if you're like, oh, I don't know if I can, you know. Yeah. But herbs can help. Herbs can help, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because we are herbalists after all, and so here we go. Um, We think it's a really great idea to make a new moon blend, right? Mm -hmm. To have a particular formula that you're going to reserve specifically for this for this day of the month or for this for this time that you're taking. Um, In in general, having a particular herbal formula, um, especially one with a distinctive taste or smell or, or other kind of sensory qualities is a really great way to um, kind of shortcut yourself into a particular state of mind, state of mm-hmm. body, state of being. Yeah. Um, uh, when you take it in in a consistent, recurrent context. So... I mean, because that's programming too. It's Pavlovian. It's, it's exactly what. Yeah. Yeah. So you make up the blend and it has this particular flavor and it's this particular set of herbs and you reserve it for those particular days and times and after a little bit of repetition your body starts to make those connections and so now when you drink that tea your body says i know what's going on i know what day it is this is the day <laughs> to not turn on any of the worry circuits yeah <laughs> and and it's like it's this wonderful spiraling feedback because the herbs themselves um you know the herbs that we choose to help us with this work are herbs who are going to help us relax those impulses and then as we relax the impulses we associate that feeling with those herbs and they are going to continue to help that process and then we're going to continue to associate it with that and so it's like it both of the things are happening simultaneously it's true it's true on both sides yes we are making that sort of pavlovian association but also yes the herbs are powerfully assisting in the actual work that we're trying to associate ourselves with. Right. Yeah. And you could build this out if you want. You could have a little box or a little shelf and it could have your new moon tea and Mm. you could have a room spray and there could be this particular incense you burn on those days. Oh, yeah. And a little elixir you put together. Right. So you can you can carry this idea and and play with it in lots of ways. But um, let's start with a tea blend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this morning we came up with one uh, for this new moon. And I'll read the whole thing out first and then we can talk about it. Uh, It's going to be chamomile, catnip, betony, 
Damiana, Motherwort, and Vervain. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we start with Chamomile because that one was at the top of the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Chamomile is, you know, and I have to say, this is a really good batch of Chamomile. It is like, it's really... It's summer in a jar. Like, it just has such a strong aroma. I feel really excited about it. <laughs> um, so chamomile is really helpful at relaxation. And that happens, um, like, throughout the central nervous system. So it's happening, like, in, in your thoughts, uh, but also in your body. And chamomile also helps relax muscles as well. So if you, like me, might be a person who carries your mental tension in your physical body. By the way, it's all the same thing. Um, like, where else would you put your mental tension? It's got to be in here somewhere. And so I, I carry that around in my muscles a lot. Uh, I get very tense when I feel stressed out, when I, when I, um, uh, you know, just working too much and chamomile helps relax that stuff. Just, you know, it's people think that chamomile is powerless because it's everywhere. You can get it anywhere. You can get it at the grocery store. You can get it at basically any restaurant. You can, it's everywhere. Um, and also because it's safe, it's, it's gentle enough to like, you can give it to a baby, you can give it to an elder. Uh, but the it's everywhere part of chamomile actually is the thing that tells you that it is so potent and so important because when in this country we, we gave up our herbalism in the mainstream and we pushed it all away, um, which, uh, you know, made some of it illegal. We made, you know, we just, we turned our backs on plants in the in the 20s and 30s uh in this country oh now we have to say the 1920s and 30s now that it is the 2020s yeah yeah well anyway when we did that there was a very small number of herbs that we kept um we kept black tea we kept peppermint and we kept chamomile and then then some then there's we like kept herbs some and, that we called spices, spices you know, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, right, right. um and we said oh those are just food <laughs> Actually, those are super powerful, wonderful things. But it's very interesting to do a study. And if you want to sort of just really nerd out in a glorious way sometime is to sort of look at the list of herbs that culturally we retained after we we um, we left herbalism as a culture and to look at how powerful the plants that we retained really are and how much we actually depend on them, even though these days we just think that, of them as flavors. But anyway, chamomile is really important to me because chamomile is not a flavor. Peppermint is still a flavor. You could say, well, I just like the way it tastes. Well, you can like the way that chamomile tastes too. And frankly, I love to put chamomile in, flour, in cookies. Um, but... It's not something that we typically use to flavor food, right? Like all the other, everything else that we kept is something that we flavor food with. And chamomile is the only one, chamomile and black tea, but black tea has caffeine, so we can see why we kept that one. 
Chamomile is the only one that has literally no um, purpose with big quotey marks around it <laughs> that we kept it other than, other than what? Other than we can't actually live without it. It is so, it's actually so important that it was kept. So I think that that ubiquitousness is actually the endorsement of its potency and its importance. Yeah. 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 Chamomile tastes good. You know, like people drink chamomile tea after a meal, helps you digest a little bit, helps you settle in mm -hmm. um, because it enhances that rest and digest side of, of that balance we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And catnip does too. Oh, right? catnip. Yeah. And we just love to put chamomile and catnip together. They're like really good friends, mm -hmm. you know, they, uh, yeah, they just get along super well. We're so, kind of like chamomile and catnip people. It yeah. used to be that, because Rin's a, a very catnip kind of person with a lot of rising kind of like tendencies, tendency towards um, heartburn or nausea whenever stuff is out of balance in the body. Yeah. Um, and that's not my tendency. My tendency is for things to like move downward. I have like lower gut stuff when I, when stuff is out of balance. To sink down and get stuck. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Um, and so it's always been like, oh, well, you're a catnip person and I'm a chamomile person. But it turns out that, uh, you know, one of the things that I have learned over the years about catnip is that even though I think I'm a, I'm a, everything moves downward and gets stuck kind of person, emotionally, sometimes fear or worry will come up from my gut and it doesn't manifest as heartburn or as nausea it manifests as anxiety and that anxiety is being fueled from fears and worries that are coming up and i have discovered that catnip is just glorious in that in that regard which i think you already knew because you've been working with it in that way for so long but yeah. Um, the more that I would make teas for both of us and, uh, and sometimes it would just be a catnip tea and I would be like, wow, there's like a really strong thing happening here. And yeah, catnip. Yeah. So catnip is, is just a fantastic relaxant, you know, it releases those, those tension patterns that are causing things to, to get uptight. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> a very, very literal description of, of when catnip is helpful. Um, I think it has a pleasant flavor, uh, scent and, and flavor. Um, not everybody loves the smell of it, but, um, give it a try before you judge. <laughs> the uh, cats sure do. They do. Yeah. And you know, you look at a cat when they, when they eat some catnip and they like rub all over it and they would just want to get their face covered in it. And then they stretch and they roll around and then they jump up and they look all around and then they run over there and then they run over here and then they climb on the everything. But then in like 10 or 20 minutes, then they kind of come to a sunny spot and stretch out and <laughs> lay back with their belly up and purr for a while. And yeah, it's that latter part. That's more of the sense that catnip brings to humans. Yeah. yeah. And I noticed too, that our cats, um, it's almost like when they're, when they're in that low level state of agitation, like maybe somebody has annoyed somebody else. We have four cats in a small house. So that, you know, like they can get on each other's nerves sometimes or whatever. That's when everybody starts coming in here and asking for the catnip. And it's like, it pushes them to, instead of just being stuck in that low level agitation state, 
It winds them up to like, great, I am going to run around. I'm going to get this out of me. And now I'm just going to say, okay, yeah. great. Now I can just relax. Which you tracks know? with catnip's um, activity as a relaxing diaphoretic. Yeah. Right. And so uh, relaxing diaphoretic would be like catnip or elderflower or other herbs like this that because of the way they, way they release tension in the body, they can allow your pores to open and for heat to escape if you are feeling physically hot or even having a fever. Um, but we also think about that happening on a, an emotional level mm -hmm. where if there's hot, agitated feelings going on, catnip and the other relaxant diaphoretics can help to release those. Like get it all out. Let that emotional heat out of the body too. Yep. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, the next one's wood betony. Yeah, betony. So we're talking about Stachys officinalis here. Uh, wood betony. This one here, uh, like very frequently when we include betony in formulas, its major job is to try to bring the center of consciousness down into the body. Yes. Uh, so that it's not exclusively in the head or maybe exclusively in the prefrontal cortex. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, like, if you've been stuck for a while in abstractions or in uh, virtual worlds, um, but just as much uh, worries about the past or the future... Like, just not here. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's you're not here because there's some dissociative issues going on and it doesn't feel safe to be here in the present right now. So you're kind of like escaping out um, to try to like mitigate the the discomfort and the even harm that that you're feeling or or if it's it doesn't even have to be something that's associated with trauma or whatever else it just can be like you've been working in the computer for 6 hours and so like you're all in there you're not even really like everything about your body is really just your brain crunching numbers and solving problems mm -hmm. um and so everything right now is abstract and every physical part of you is kind of irrelevant to, you know, it is, it, it's the like, well, my physical body is just what carries my brain around for me. Right. You know, when you start to get into that kind of a feeling, wood betony really can help you gently come back down into your body energetically or like come back into the present, um, you know, and even it can be really jarring when you're like working in your computer and then somebody walks up behind you because they just have a question and it's complete, it's super uncomfortable and you kind of want to punch them and it creates a very uncomfortable agitation in the body because you were kind of like pulled out of your computer a little too quickly by the physical presence of somebody walking up to you. And uh, so betony is, is way more gentle than that. It's just very gently helping you to filter back down um, out of that place of abstraction and, and into what's real and tangible. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a presencing effect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Damiana has a similar quality to it. Yes. Damiana is kind of famous as an aphrodisiac and, um, you know, that's cool. But, uh, a lot of times the, the idea of what an aphrodisiac is, is a little bit, yes. um, a <laughs> little bit TV-ified. I don't know. It's not like your preferred, um, 
uh, person to be cuddly with will suddenly become a zombie and run around mindlessly behind you. Um, that's not what we mean by aphrodisiac. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Damiana uh, in particular, and really a lot of the herbs that have this, um, this reputation, um, much of it comes from, again, helping you to be present in the moment. And a lot of that's coming from relaxing some tension that's happening in the mm-hmm. body. Um, Damiana exerts much of that relaxant quality through stimulating better blood movement and better blood flow, especially to places that haven't been getting it. Um, And part of this does connect to that idea of the low-level stress response, right? When we have a full-blown stress response, your body will actively restrict circulation to certain areas, right? It will reduce the amount of blood that's in the digestive tract, but also the amount of blood that's getting out to like your fingers and toes or up to the, to the skin layer. Um, it will basically redirect a lot of blood to your big leg muscles so mm-hmm. that you can run away if you need to. <laughs> right? yep. um, and that means that these other areas aren't getting as much flow. And flow is warmth, flow is oxygenation, it's nutrients, mm-hmm. um, but it's also going to allow for relaxation, right? When areas get kind of shunted off or closed off, it's hard for them to relax, right? They're in a they're in a tense um, uh, stance right now. Mm-hmm. So Damiana, it increases blood flow out to the surface, up to the periphery, um, out to the periphery, up to the surface, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and it it exerts that relaxant quality to to loosen up those tension patterns. And the net effect is that you feel more comfortable here now, more mm, more present in your skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, we need to fill our jar of Damiana. Um, it, this is a, this is a plant that we really depend on a lot. And, uh, I think there might be some in the box over there. We just got some shipment of new herbs. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So the next plant that we're including here is motherwort and motherwort is Well, so talented, but the aspect that we're really looking at here, okay, well, one of the aspects that we're really looking at here is around helping to create some boundaries. And often the way that I think about this is helping people to say no, you know, like how some people and, uh, you know, hey, could be you, could be me. can really never say no when people ask them for something. And so then it's like, you know, your church group asks if you can coordinate the whatever, and then your kid's school says, can you also lead the whatever? And then uh, somebody needs another thing and, and, oh, can you do that for us? And then, and, and even though you already know that you don't actually have the capacity to do any of those things, you also can't say no to them because either you were raised to not disappoint people or you were raised to, to um, say that it's rude to say no or you were raised with a lot of guilt around um, letting people down, which by the way, saying no is not letting people down. It is just simply saying, I'm sorry, I don't have the resources for that. And, um, you know, it's prized in our culture that we will just continue to take more and more on, uh, even at our own expense, like at our own monetary expense, but at our own health expense as well. And so it can be really hard to fight against all of that and say, 
no, right now this is the space for me. And motherwort really helps with that. Physiologically, motherwort also helps with uh, relaxing the, the stresses that cause palpitations and relaxing the palpitations themselves. And so I see all of this really tied up together um, because what, like, why do we even get palpitations? Because we feel fear, right? Because we feel stress, because we feel anxiety. And, and why do we not say no when we know that we should say no for, for our own health? Because we feel fear. We feel fear of what will they think of me? Will I be letting them down? Am I a bad person? Am I disappointing them? We feel fear and anxiety around those things. And um, will I miss an opportunity or will, will I be passed over for advancement if I say no right now? Um, and so all of that is, it's like the same thing. That fear is the same as, the, as what is bringing that physiological state of palpitations into play. So, um, yeah, I really, I really love that in motherwort. Mm. It's really very cool. Yeah. Yes. I love like this, this is a really nice batch. Also, this came from Foster Farm Botanicals in Vermont. And, um, if you look at it closely, it has all the little purple flower buds, like pinky purple flower buds in there. And it's just so pretty. <laughs> nice. And then finally, we've got blue vervain. Yes. Vervaina hostata. Um, yes. Blue vervain is a extremely persuasive plant. <laughs> and blue vervain persuades you that it is actually okay to calm down and mm -hmm. to quiet down and to come into that state of rest and digest and settle. Um, it helps with that switching over of the circuits, right? And again, it's not a binary, but it helps to kind of tilt the balance into that direction mm -hmm. of rest and digest, relax and recover. Um, and also to, to um, I don't know, think more freely. Yeah. To not be bound up in the same pattern. Yeah. I really... Um... Blue vervain is very helpful when you just can't let go of something. Mm. Um, whether it is something that you you can't delegate because you're like, they won't do it right. I can't, I have to do it. Um, but then you're also angry that you have to do it, right? Um, and, or whether it's something, even something that's just really important to you and you can't, you can't let it go for a minute. Like you can't, or something that's eating at you. And you're chewing it and you can't just put it down and walk away and then come back and deal with it later. All those things, like any of those times when when you might be described as white knuckling something, like just holding on so tight, Vervain is amazing in those situations. And um, this is actually Vervain that we harvested ourselves uh, this year. And I'm so delighted at all the little deep blue purple flowers that are uh blue vervain grows in these spikes these um raceme it's like a like a spike of flowers but they don't all flower at the same time and so the whole spike is here and each one of those is going to become a seed and so every one of these spikes because i didn't chop them up i left them as their whole spikes i wanted to be able to see them 
uh, has at some point on the spike these brilliant deep purple blue flowers um, just sort of frozen in time there mm. yeah. yeah well um, it's worth saying that the vervain and the motherwort are pretty substantially bitter herbs mm. now that's actually uh, part of the reason that we included them or you could say it's it's connected to some of their activity um, bitter herbs in general are going to have some pretty pronounced effects on nerve activity in mm. the body mm -hmm. most especially with what's called the vagus nerve which kind of wanders around amongst your internal organs and is like a major highway for communication between what's going on in your guts and what's registering up inside your brain and in your sensorium so um, many bitter herbs are going to act on that nerve generally to calm down over excitation and to help things to settle and to work more coherently in in the body um, vervain and motherwort in particular really help to calm down that that again that like central nerve and then that effect is going to spread out to others in the system so mm -hmm. their bitterness is essential yeah uh, to the way that they go about it and when we mix this blend up you know we've got six herbs here we'll probably put them in more or less equal parts um except maybe not the vervain except maybe not the vervain yeah you know um, i'm fine with an equal part of the motherwort the bitterness of motherwort is um it, it's kind of a friendly bitterness it's yeah. it's it's fun. it's not too sharp yeah um so i don't i don't mind that but the vervain bitterness can be a little on the sharp side yeah um so maybe like a half a part of vervain right um another option i was thinking of was you've got six herbs in this formula you could kind of um count down you could do six parts chamomile five parts catnip four parts betony three parts damiana two parts motherwort and one part vervain. Oh, that's nice. Mix them together, stir them all up like that. That should be, now, I haven't literally tested this formula in this way. I've done other formulas like this before. Um, but no, that, but that, that would be a lovely flavor, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that should come out pretty nicely. Yeah. Yeah. But the point here is you should experiment, right? Um, try it a, a little while, see how it tastes to you, play with the proportions, mm -hmm. um, don't make an enormous batch all at the first right. go. Right. Um, but, uh, you and know, maybe and, substitute in some different plants. Oh, were you just right. about to say that? Yeah. There might, there might be other herbs that you are thinking of and like, oh, why didn't they mention lavender? Why didn't they mention... Linden. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, so, um, there may be herbs that you have connections to that, that you think would help you get into a nice new moon state of mind, mm -hmm. uh, and absolutely put those in there. Right? Yes. Like every formula that we teach, um, there's no like, uh, arcane mystery of why it has to be exactly these plants and exactly these ratios. It's a starting point. And what it never has to be exactly these plants and exactly these ratios because sometimes you don't have this plant <laughs> That's right. or that plant. That's how it is. There are there are so many plants and they're all amazing. And if you don't have one, then look around and say, Well, this is what I'm trying to do. Who can help me with that? Yeah. Yeah. That's what. So yeah, so we encourage you to experiment. And um, we'd also love to hear how that goes for you, right? If you yes. um, have already a new new moon kind of blend that, that you find helpful to get into that sort of a space, mm. we'd love to hear about it. Um, and if you're listening to this in four years from now and you <laughs> come up with one and you just want to share with us, we'd still love to hear from you. Yes. So please do feel free to reach out. Um, we're easy to find. 
Yes. You know, if you're listening to our podcast and you've already found that, but um, <laughs> you can check out our website, commonwealthherbs.com. You can send us an email to info at commonwealthherbs.com. Mm-hmm. And we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Yep. All of them. Commonwealth Herbs. That's us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, we have some shout outs that speaking I want to share. Yes. Speaking, speaking of, of socials. Yeah. Um, a bunch of folks on Instagram were uh, sharing their thoughts about last week's podcast uh, episode about sustainability and even like regener- regeneration ability. Um, so Blue Jay Botanicals and Eileen were saying that they were thinking about things really differently now, and that is super exciting. Julie from Australia has a seven-generation plan to revitalize her land and build better soil quality, and wrote to us to say that um, the episode was really meaningful for her, and we feel very excited about that. Mm. Multifaceted Mama uh, said that she's been trying to find ways to talk about this idea um, and was really excited for some of the ideas in the podcast to share. Yeah, and then Jill from Oregon wrote in, um, she's got a sustainable farm out there. That's pretty great. And said that she particularly enjoyed the introverts and extroverts episode from a while back. Yeah. Which is still... That was a good one. That was I, a really good I, one. I, I was happy with that one. Yeah, that's still one of my favorite. If I had to do like a top 10 episodes, <laughs> that would certainly make it nice. into the list. Nice. Yeah. Well, hey, if you if you enjoy the pod, uh, then why not share it with your friends? You can send them a link directly uh, right to the pod and you can get some herby goodness straight into their ears. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And also, if you are so inclined, you could become a supporter of this podcast which not only will you be helping to offset the costs of the podcast itself, because podcasting is not free. Um, so you can be offsetting those costs, but also you'll be supporting our community programs like scholarships for incarcerated students and for single moms of color. And we're really excited to be talking with some folks about expanding um our availability to people who are detained in immigration detention centers also. Um, Some people who are seeking safety in our country are detained for literally years. And that is not a very awesome thing. Um, So if those people want some herby goodness, we want to make it available to them too. Uh, You're supporting our free clinics. You're supporting uh, free clinics here in Boston, but also free clinics when we go on the road. So that is just awesome. And we really appreciate that. But we do. But when you're a supporter, there's more. <laughs> yeah, when you're a supporter, you get more than just the satisfaction of knowing you're making this all possible. You also get fun herbal videos right into your herbal inbox every week. Well, it could be any kind of any kind your of inbox, email inbox, which we hope is filled with <laughs> lots of herby goodness. Yeah, um, yeah, we share with our supporters some material that we don't post anywhere else. Uh, and a lot of it is stuff that you can do right away. Yeah, yeah, today. just a short video, like a five or ten minute video every week um, that we hope will brighten your day and give you something right away that you can say, oh, I could do this today. And um, I, we, we hope and we think that it's a really good way to just make herbs more a part of your daily life. And um, so that is what we send to all of our monthly supporters. And if you would like to get that, you can check it out at commonwealthherbs.com slash supporters. 
There it is. Yeah. All right, folks, that's it for this week's episode of the Holistic Herbalism Podcast. We'll be back next week with some more herby goodness for you. Yes. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Drink some tea. Drink some tea. <laughs> and uh, enjoy an occasional quiet day. Yes. Yeah. Happy new moon. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.